0: You must know that first. Can't nothing and nobody fade what we're trying to do and what we about to do. Second thing is, we got this game on our level.
1: You understand what I'm saying?
0: Welcome to another episode of In Space. I'm your host, Chris Connor. You brought to, this show is brought to you by the good people at DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, New York Life, not to be confused with New York magazine. Um and <laughs> joining me is um I'd say at this point, we it's maybe it's been about a about a couple years since we've been in like like communication like consistently, but this last year and a half, two years, it felt like seven. I got uh my my homie from uh Nola.com as long or as well as from the wing pod with uh my actual I think I've known Adam since I got back on Twitter almost less than 10 years ago and Adam McCray. Christian
1: Clark, what's up, bro? Hey man, thanks for having me on it. It has felt like seven years. Why do you think it's felt that way?
0: You know, similar, similar to this to this season, um i've been I've been using that. I don't even know if you meant to to make it a quote when you when we were texting on the side and you told me uh that this season's felt like four four and one, and that's just it just feels like it's been so many highs and lows, ups and downs um of the dramatic fashion not just um this past year two years um but pretty much since since you arrived since
1: you arrived maybe
0: Kristen, maybe it's your fault you ever thought about that
1: it might be man i mean uh they've looked cooked for a while and then i thought they were gonna go to the finals and then <laughs> they were cooked again <laughs>
0: So I do want to I do want to talk about that man. I I want to talk about the four seasons in one um comment that you made. Um if you had to break them down and you can do them in a in a shorter and elongated what well, elongated form break down to me the four seasons of 22 23 from New Orleans Pelicans.
1: Oh man, I I just remember being at opening night in Brooklyn, and and how long ago that felt. But I have just a lot of like memories that stick out of my my head of what a fun night that was, and all the possibility that there was with this team then. I mean, I would say the the first like chunk in the season that sticks out of my mind is is those few games that we saw Zion, Brandon, and CJ playing together, and there were some highs like in Brooklyn, but for the most part, it was. Hey, look, we're all trying to learn each other's games. I mean, you're going to get that with with any, almost any time you have a bunch of high usage guys playing together. There's just going to be a feeling out process. So it was, hey, these dudes are all on the court. They're all wearing this Pelicans uniform, which is sweet, and they're learning how to play with each other. You know, then it was to me the, the stretch of the season where really Zion became the the focal point of the offense, and the team kind of took off. Uh, I put the the seven game winning streak in there. Those two wins over the Suns, which were the most fun parts of the season. Wow. I mean, I will never forget the Zion 360 death hell dunk. That was an incredible moment. I mean, one of the most fun things I've ever seen live. Um, probably, you know, the stretch after that is from January 2nd until like mid-March when Zion got hurt and they really struggled 10 games in a row. They lost the offense, fell off a cliff. I mean, one of the like key stats of the season to me is their eighth in offense pre hamstring injury, twenty six in offense post hamstring injury, and then the the fourth I guess season to me was when the offense got back on track a little bit and they started winning a little bit and it was Brandon Ingram was a focal point of the offense and you know from like game seventy to eighty two I think that was probably the best stretch of basketball I've seen you know Brandon play since he's been in the NBA.
0: Think about that, right? Like that that goes into like the extreme highs and lows of this season. And you know, last season as well. Um, you got a chance to see the two best players, the two most talented players, the um on this franchise take their game to levels that we have not seen them be able to um throughout their throughout their career. I mean, of course, we saw Brandon in the playoffs last year, but you mentioned like the dude that ended, the ended this season was even better than that guy. Um, And then, you know, for Zion from top to bottom uh, how his overall impact on winning, we know what he was able to do offensively um, and just what he was able to lock into defensively. Uh, You, your two best players locked into versions that we had not seen and it happened at two different parts of the season during um, periods where the other guy wasn't present. It's the craziest thing. And, I mean, the Zion part, you know, alone, the Suns uh, game that you that you mentioned, the back-to-back there at, at, at home, bro, it feels like a year ago. Like, the play-in last year and – all of the positive momentum that built that was built there feels so long ago because it was like 42 wins, the most draining 42 win season I think I've been a part of. Um, whether it be as a fan or as someone that um you know wanted to cover it and create content about it.
1: Yeah, and I think the the reason it felt like it did is we saw what it could look like. You know, when some of the stars were aligned and not even all of them were because, you know, when they won seven in a row that came without Brandon and I, you know, I don't think we even saw, like, I think we saw this team be really good, but I don't think we saw how good it could really be because I think there's a version of this team where Brandon and Zion, you know, get a bunch of reps together and they learn to play with each other. And CJ is your third option. And you've got a ton of great role players. So we didn't even get to see that, but it, it just, it just felt like this, this should have been the year where they took that giant step forward. Like I felt so confident before the season that they were going to do that. I mean, I remember watching Swin Cash's hall of fame speech. Um, and she was like, the Pelicans are coming this year. And you know, I don't think like to me, I was like, she's not saying that to just say that. Like, I think she really means it. And I believed it too. Like I, I really thought they were going to take that giant step forward and I, I think they would have if, if you know we'd gotten a little bit better availability from the best two players on this team, but it just it just felt like kind of a missed opportunity. I was like, this was supposed to be the year. And and the West was so weak too that it's like they could have won a round. They could have won rounds, you know, potentially.
0: Um so I'm going to kind of um um assisting where you left off here I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a short part of a video from the uh, exit interview through David Griffin that you of course were a part of um, which are always fun. And I want your your comments on that and what you think um, just you know your overall thoughts on what you think that means for this team going forward. And then I'm gonna ask you a little bit about your time in New Orleans and um, the fun word reputation. give me a second. So if I'm a fan and David Griffin comes back up here next year and says, yeah, you know, we just got to get better. I'm going to be pissed off. We've got to get better right now. We've got to learn from everything that we didn't do properly and make that mean something. But I will tell you, I'm also really, really grateful. We didn't trick this up, find a way to win 50 games, win one round of the playoffs and convince ourselves we're better than we are. Shout out to Ryan Walker and Will Guillory for being um, in in the background there without knowing this video was going to be posted. Shout out to you guys. Um, yeah, Kristen, you were there. That particular uh, that particular element that um that quote, was about, lasted about twenty five seconds there. Um, I think Griffin total spoke for was it like thirty minutes?
1: Yeah, thirty five mm-hmm. minutes. It was a long one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it, w- it was very lengthy. Um if you want to give your thoughts about, about his total um, kind of conference there um, and the time that he, that he um, lasted up there um, or just that particular element there that I showed about um, because I believe before that he, he said it a few times that, you know, if he was a fan, he'd be pissed off if the team was back here, you know, again, he, I think he said to start the interview that he would be pissed off about, you know, or or a little bit about where the where the team is based off of um, some of the flashes that they show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like one of the things I I like about Griff is that I think he's like extremely competitive. You can tell, like winning real, or, win, like, losing really bothers him, um, which is probably the case in a lot of these guys. You don't get to that position if you're not really competitive. But like the guy, you know, definitely wants to to beat people's asses, which I I like. Um, it was funny. He's the third person there in that clip. Uh just leave it at that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I thought he, I honestly thought he hit a lot of the right notes and I thought he was pretty honest too, that, yeah, there are things that Pelicans could be doing better about the Zion situation, but mostly it's on him now, which I agreed with. And the other part too, I mean, what I took a lot of his comments, like, I think they have made a lot of progress organizationally um, in the last four years. I just, it just hasn't quite translated into to wins the way you would like, you know, they've never finished higher than ninth place in these last four years. And yet, like when I, you know, someone who's been here for these four years, like, I do think they've come a long way since, you know, uh, August, 2019, you know, basically like the, that first camp under Alvin Gentry. Like I really do think organizationally they've come a long way and, now it's just time for it to, to translate into wins, you know, starting next year, hopefully. <laughs> That's
0: a good point, man. Cause I, I, I think I, I remember, um, you, you tweeted something maybe been after, after, um, after this, after the exit interviews or before about, um, you were kind of, quite a kind of quite blunt, which, 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 which we'll get into, um, basically, and I don't want to put words in your mouth completely, but along the lines of the organization, finally took basketball serious or started to in, in, in 2019. And, you know, listening to what you were just saying there, I, you know, I think about it all the time. Like it just looks like a, you know, a, a business that's trying to cram so much productivity and take so many leaps from top to bottom in four years. Right. And th- like, and we're talking about, and some of that looks like they're trying to make up for it you know, uh, so what they got here, they got New Orleans in 2002. And it's, it's crazy to think about that. Yeah. It took 17 years for so many different elements from facilities to medical staffs, to, um, marketing to where like, they still have so much further that they can go with some of these positions and with how things are ran the messaging so on and so forth I thought that that was that that was very interesting um I'm very curious what compelled you what compelled you to say that because I, I I think I, I think about those things about man they did just start taking basketball serious in 2019 but you were one of the first people that I that I saw kind of you know what from I would say that's a beat writer that would put that on wax I was like damn
1: ah, uh, he right <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, like there was some, some belief out there and I'm not commenting whether it's true or not. I'm not saying anything like some people were like, believe that maybe Zion and and people around him were not that enthused about coming to the Pelicans in 2019. And I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I haven't asked Zion in a private moment. We don't uh, really have the relationship or anything, but uh, I think like, if you look for reasons why it's like, well, think about the Pelicans brand at the time. Right. Like, they just hadn't on if we're being honest, like they did not do a great job of building around Anthony Davis. They did not have the best medical staff for a while. They did not compensate, you know, people in the basketball ops or a lot of the other people very well. And I think some of the things that have changed since twenty nineteen, they started like devoting resources to the people in basketball ops. I mean, David Griffin had won a championship before he came here. Like he had a lot of legit bullet points on his resume and you know, he was given resources and he was given resources to build out a really good team of people like Trajan Langton is probably going to be a number one in the NBA somewhere someday, right? Like they're able to get him to win cash. I mean, like, you know, that that's a person you want to be part of your organization. I think there are a number of different instances, you know, Aaron Nelson, we can talk about how his tenure in new Orleans has gone very well respected, um, you know, especially before he got here. Um, so, like, I think Griff has been given resources to, like, build out, you know, like, good teams here and establish that infrastructure. Like, I think you've you've seen it, in, like, CJ McCollum has embraced coming here, and I don't know if that happens in the pre-Griff era, right? Like, learning it, mm-hmm. it was, like, clearly a great Fed. It's like, I want to be here, man. And we've seen a lot of different instances like Herb and Trey, like those guys, Willie green always talks about like building a program. Those guys feel like program builders to me. Um, they're, they, they want to be here. They're good players. So I think you've seen progress in those ways for sure.
0: So Kristen in these since 2019 in, in what feels like, um, you know, just so much, so much has happened. Um, you know, you've you've gotten an opportunity to um, join a a media group um, that um, is interesting to say to say the least over over time when it comes to New Orleans and how sports is has been traditionally covered, um, and through your style of journalism, um, you have ruffled some feathers for better or for worse, but. I always find it interesting that no matter what the case is, the the situation, you're not afraid to call it how you see it, whether that's going to be something that's seen as positive or as negative. That appears to be your approach. Like you being objective is a, is a big part of, um, I think that at the end of the day, no matter what side someone is on, everyone should be able to appreciate. Um, What do you, what do you think? Like, what do you, how would you describe your approach when it comes to talking about um, so many of the things that you've heard and putting together these stories? I don't have to go through, have to go through all of them, but I know that they did. They leave a mark because when I'm on Twitter and you release something that um, I mean, the quote tweets can sometimes be crazy. You can be called negative. You can be called a hater. Well, oh, here's here's Kristen Clark again being being negative. He just hates Brandon Ingram. Oh, he never has nothing positive to say about this team. What what what's your thoughts on that side of um, doing what you do day to day?
1: Yeah, I think it would be like interesting if you did uh, like somewhere to do like analysis of everything I've written since 2019. I would I would imagine that the majority of the stuff has been positive. Um, I don't know. I guess I felt like I mean, first of all, I came in, I was like, you know, kind of green, like I'd done this part time in Denver and wanted to cover the NBA. But this was really my first full time, like beat writer job when I came here in 2019. And I think like part of what has compelled me to write some of the stuff I've written is I really saw in those first two years, like there are things going on, like context about why the situation, the way it was that the public did not know. And I was like, people should just know about this, man. Like, sorry if it's like some of it's uncomfortable, but like what, like, what has been conveyed to the public is like just not even close to true. And so I tried to do that a little bit. And I think like the situation has changed, like improved a lot for the better in the last two years. Like I think the first two years here with Alvin and Stan, you know, them working with Griff, that was just, yeah, it, it didn't work out. And like, it was, it was very messy to be honest with you. And the pandemic had a big part to do with that too, but, but things have gotten a lot better in the, in the last two years. And I think I've been, pretty honest about that design situation was obviously weird last year um but yeah i mean I, I guess the the main thing was like i just saw i was like what people like people just need to understand like why things are the way they are because i just don't think like it was it was being accurately conveyed at all
0: and to be fair sometimes it's still not and I, you know i you know i'm curious like you know from your perspective and this year this has been very interesting for me uh because i've gotten a chance to you know to hear slash see, um, things that, you know, maybe, you know, a year and a half ago when I was strictly, you know, uh, writing articles for blogs, I didn't have, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have heard, or I wouldn't have access to, or relationships that I, that I, that I didn't have. I'm curious, and then we'll move on. What do you think your balance is between all the information that comes in, what you see, whether it be at practice or in the locker room or, um, the level of relationships and the people that you're close to that, that will feed you things and tell you about things that are actually happening. Um, like where's the balance between, all right, I have this information. The people need to hear it. And then the other side of it is,
1: damn, I really can't say that. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, man, that's a hard one. I would just say like, it, it's kind of a field thing and it's like, it just feels overwhelming at some point where I, I don't know. I just get a feeling I'm like, I need to just go with this. And you know, I think part of it is you hear it from multiple people. Like you don't, you try not to go with stuff. If it's just from one person, you want to get it from multiple people. And I think the other thing too, is like, like figuring out how to source information. Like some people tell you stuff and, it's just not good information. A lot of the time, like some people tell you stuff and it's like, this was only 10% accurate. And then other people tell you stuff and it was like 80% accurate. And like being able to figure that part out is, I think is important. Like who are the reliable narrators I think is, is really important.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, man, you know, that's good, man. I, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, a lot of times, the fans, or even 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 some some of the writers, or, or, or the people that have that are consistently not shy about their opinion, um, we get caught up with too many too many things outside of like the truth, right? You know, sometimes the truth it it matters, right? Uh, or and I would say all the time it matters. I think, but the focus is too often driven away from that, right? The facts of the situation. Now, how someone chooses to express them, um, you know, I mean, I, I think is up to that individual. But I do appreciate that, you know, at least when it comes to, when it comes to you and you're not the only one like I know that, you know, whether it's pretty or it's ugly in the moment, you don't call it down the middle. Call it call it how it is. And I think in, the, in, in this case, like you mentioned, where there are so many, you know, it feels like secrets and there's secrets in every in every business um i think that more people should appreciate that individual that's trying to say hey y'all this is what's really going on even if i can't tell you a 100% this is what's going on you need to know as you're investing your money your time so on and so forth man um i do want to uh there's another video that i want to that i want to head to here that i'm curious about your thoughts on um, CJ McCollum had one of the more interesting seasons that I think any player may may have ever had. I mean, well, at least any any Pelican, right? Between um, all the different things that he had to that he had to do with the with the player, the player association, striking the deal there, playing seventy five games, that he finished top fifteen in the entire NBA in minutes, which was clearly not the plan. Torn ligament in his thumb, messed up shoulder, what, what, torn labrum. Um, and there were so many nights where, um, he looked around and didn't know who was going to be playing next to him. This, he had a very interesting press conference that once the uh, Oklahoma City game was over, a lot of people talked about it and they took their. You know, you, there's a lot of different things that you can kind of draw conclusions you can draw. I'm curious what you think about this and what do you think TJ's mindset is going to be from a leadership perspective going into the offseason? I would say availability is important, man. We got to be available. We got to do what we need to do, you know, off the court in terms of preparation, in terms of getting treatment, in terms of getting the right sleep, the right type of hydration. Having the right type of diet. I mean, everything has to matter to us um, for everybody. That was a defeated man. Like, literally and like emotionally, you can see a drained individual there. But go ahead.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't mean to say like I thought like he was soft or anything, like, quite the opposite. I mean, he like was on the verge of tears, you know, like you could just tell it meant a lot to him which I actually loved. It's like this shit really matters to me, which to me is like what you want from like the guys who are supposed to be the leaders of your team. Um, I think like that comment, the clip you just played to me, my personal read on the situation is that was mostly about Zion there. Um, you know, I just think that like Zion has just got some work, more work to do to become a great professional. And You know, he's only 22 years old. A lot of us, including me did not have it figured out in their early twenties. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like, I wasn't surprised by that at all. I kind of, I kind of thought, you know, like when the season ended, CJ would, would talk about some of the injury stuff and, and be pretty honest about some of the frustrations of the season. Like I, I get where he's coming from. It's like, man, I played with this bum shoulder. I played with this bum thumb. Um, you know, like I, 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 did not play very well on a lot of nights because I was fighting through this stuff, but I was going to make a point to be on the floor every night. Like I, I just understood why the way, why he felt the way he felt.
0: Yeah, man. And, and I, I mean, I think there was a portion of us that, you know, knew about the thumb, the shoulder surprised a lot of different people. Right. Um, And to play uh, through those type of injuries on top of not being able to play at the level that I think he is used to or comfortable with, I mean, you know, I'd say he's still, he's, he's still finished as a solid season, but from a consistency standpoint, you can see those injuries take a toll and the load that he had to, you know, carry throughout the year earlier, just wear on him as the season, you know, slowly uh, started to get um, started to close and, that's outside of the ways that he was hindered with those injuries. So um, we'll talk, we'll talk in the off season. Um, You know, I hope to have you back on and we'll talk about maybe, you know, the approach that this team should take, how aggressive that they will be um, and what changes need to be made. But yo man, um, appreciate you for coming on. Shout out, shout out to the pod, you and Adam uh completely completely caught me off guard cuz I had no idea Adam Adam was interested in podcasting. Can you talk a little bit about the show, man, because it's it's been I mean, you know, the numbers speak speak well to um the year that you guys had. How's that how's that been for you? Um and what's next in that area?
1: Yeah, man, it's it's been a lot of fun. I think, you know, I I just met Adam through Twitter and probably 2 years ago we just went to a bar and, and got a drink or something. And it was just fun talking about basketball with him. And I was like, oh, this guy like really knows his stuff. Um, and you know, I kind of wanted to, to do a, a podcast just because I was like, there's just a lot of stuff you can't, that doesn't fit in like um, a story that you write, but that you can talk about. And I think oftentimes you can put it into better context when you're just talking about it. Um, and I don't know. I just, I love listening to podcasts too. So I'm like, it'd be, it'd be fun to do that. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, me and Adam have just stayed in contact and it's been good, man. Like, anybody who listens, uh, I, I really appreciate And, you know, I, I don't know. I guess sometimes I could be uh, a little bit of a lightning rod, but yeah, it's been, it really has been fun being a part of like the Pelicans community the last four years. It has been a very interesting time.
0: Well, you guys can find Christian and Adam. Um, anywhere you find local, your local podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, for, f- for people that use Podbeam. If you use stitcher, any, I mean, it, any of the odd apps that are, that are existed, but Spotify, Apple check in with Christian and Adam. I know it's going to be, it's going to be year two for them. So they're going to have a bunch of, a bunch of fun. And it's a really good, it's just a really good informative. I think a uh, podcast, a good mixture between the two perspectives of, um, how we watch this game and how we talk about a team that we're invested in from you know both sides of the coin. So shout out to shout out to you, Chris, and shout out to Adam. And yeah, man, this will be um I don't know the next show that I'm going to do, but I told myself I was going to have um, a consistent method. Uh, maybe I'll do some season breakdowns for, uh, for those that are, that are interested. I've been trying to get in touch with a doctor to talk more about Zion and some other things going forward, but, um, yeah, I didn't end up doing a season recap. Maybe, maybe I will, but I had to get Christian up, up here. We hadn't talked in a little bit and it was time. So closing out. Appreciate y'all as always. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Tell me, tell me how much you love or hate Kristen. Most of you will probably tell me how much you hate him. He'll be okay. He'll smile. (laughs) Uh uh (laughs) He has a wonderful magazine uh uh subscription subscription that will make him happy, whether or not you like him or not. Thank you guys as always. Talk to you soon. Najee, get us out of here. In the building. I told you last time, get away.